0: Hello everyone, welcome to Covenants with Dr. Michael David Clay and Carolyn Barnett. Do you think they recognize your name by now, Carolyn? I hope so. I say that (laughs) properly, right? Carolyn Barnett. Yes. With a little bit of an emphasis.
1: I was thinking about that as you said that. I thought,
0: hmm, I wonder if they
1: recognize that I'm part of this.
0: You're the star of the show. (laughs) I don't know if I go that far. It's the Carolyn Barnett show. Oh yeah, I'll be here (laughs) all week. Yes. Literally. <laughs> so, Carolyn, of course, you. Uh, folks probably don't realize this, our listeners probably don't realize this, but you are now also, um, <laughs> <laughs> besides being the what at to Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling <laughs> Ministry, what are you? The Director. Okay. Of Pastoral Care Services. Yes. Okay. Besides that. You are the uh, person that arranges our talent. Yes, I uh, am. Our guests Mm -hmm. on the program. That would be me. And you have been working really hard.
1: I have, and I've found some interesting contacts that I'm excited about. I've talked to um, several uh, people that are wanting to come on the program. We just have to get them scheduled. And uh, I think that our viewers and listeners will appreciate the resources that we're going to highlight and I think there's some really good things that's going to come out of this. I think there's going to be some help uh, presented and I think people are going to enjoy getting to know people in our community.
0: Yes and that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. I mean it's it's about presenting resources. (laughs) I like how you put that. It's about getting to know people in the community. Mm (laughs) Carolyn Barnett. (laughs) She's the star. Uh, You do so many things. And you have in that search, uh, certainly we're all looking forward to, I am especially, uh, what's coming up in future programs, but you uh, have (laughs) not failed us in any way, shape, or form today, Carolyn, on today's uh, broadcast. Uh, We have a guest. (laughs) I guess it's good, at least we have a guest. I mean, that's a good place to start, right? Bitably, we we meet the minimum criteria. (laughs) We have a guest. Uh, We presume he's talented. Uh, He's part of, I think I'm going to pronounce this correctly, Avod Ministries. His name is Dale Preston. And by the time the broadcast slash podcast is over, we're all going to know. Not only Dale, but we're going to know what Avad Ministries is about. Uh, and to the extent or degree that that um, I, I know a little bit about it, right? Because you, you do give me, I'm looking at it now, you do give me liner notes. We call it a rundown. Uh, I guess it's liner notes. You give me notes in advance. <laughs> Uh, a cheat sheet. Yes. <laughs> but Avod Ministries, I believe, is a missionary, or at least focused toward missions. Yes. Yes, and that is,
1: I'm going to let Dale share that part, but that is the main concept. But what's the first thing, I guess I'll ask you, I'll, I'll turn the tables and ask you a question. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the word Missionary.
0: I think Africa <laughs> or right. South America, Some which place is, yes, places that a, a lot of the folks around here uh, end up going to and presenting Ecuador, the gospel and Peru. And as much as the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is, it is a hands-on physical uh, they help. Love is a lot of things, right? But love includes helping people in physical, material sort of ways to meet pretty much their basic needs.
1: And this is where Avod Ministries comes in because we all can't go to Africa. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm not uh, heading to Africa anytime soon. So that is uh, where his heart is. And so I feel like that in this day and time when the church has been through a lot and had a lot of um, commentary on where their efforts are being put. And I had someone tell me yesterday, oh boy, and he said, this young man, And and we're friends with this young man, and and I know he didn't mean any harm, but he said, well, I know you guys are religious and all. And I said, oh, no, don't say that. (laughs) Because that is not the image that we are trying to portray. We are trying to portray Christ and the love that he showed others, right? They will know you are mine for the love that you show each other. And so I sort of talk to him about that and about how the things that we do and how we interact with others and how we love others, that is what the church is supposed to be about. And so it was kind of an interesting conversation. I was able to talk to him about that. And I think that's where God Ministries is, is headed and, and would like to point people in the direction of act, love and action.
0: Well, no, I have contemplated, as I'm inclined to do, Do you know, Carolyn, I'm a pensive person, a thoughtful person, maybe a bit too introspective, which otherwise is into my own head a little bit too much on occasions. But I do spend a lot of time considering the Word of God. And and with that, that is literally, again, for us, the Word of God as in written Word of God and uh, I try to understand not only what it's saying sometimes it's a little above beyond my comprehension uh, but I try to understand the culture and the people and I think about all that stuff and with that then I have come to the conclusion that God wants to tell me about himself we know that the word but my thinking has led me to this conclusion that though God begins by showing Himself unto me, probably all of us to some extent, love that is, and the Bible does say God is love, He shows it in taking care of us. Now, hopefully, underscore that, most people are born into a family that does a pretty decent job of taking care of Him. Now, if the family doesn't, a uh, media family, maybe there's extended family. Uh, maybe it's cultural. Maybe it, you know, hopefully the, the neighborhood, uh, the the city they live in. Uh, there's resources. They don't live in the city, the county they live in, the state they live in, the country they live in. Uh, you could expand that, but there's all sorts of different levels of taking care of people. Because love, our first experience with love, is to be taken care of. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, obviously, babies can't take care of themselves. So to the extent or degree that God gives it to parents, and probably parents first represent, I laugh a little bit, because I don't know that parents always appreciate this. Parents are really the first brush, if I could use that word, anybody has with God. The first thing most people, if God is about revealing Himself, showing Himself, if God is love, if God is about showing us what love really is, it comes from our experiences with our parents. Whether we're fed, cared for, secure, safe, all those things, right? And we presume those. It's a God-given right. Well, unfortunately, it isn't. And yet, you'll probably never get to see the true face of God or all that God is, love, and spirit until you have those needs met. That has to happen. And uh, when we think of families, of course, <laughs> we think of all kinds of stuff. Uh, we have all these support systems in the United States. We have. School, educational, we have <laughs> Department of Health and Human Resources, which I'm laughing again because some people would not think them to be all that great, but they do a good job, right? Right now the inclination I think for most of us is to sometimes be a little bit perturbed with government and government agencies because they're big and they're bureaucratic mm-hmm. and obviously some are not so good. But most people who get into that line of work are caring, and certainly the intention to take something from all of us so that those that don't have could have. is couldn't be any more biblical, it's just very biblical. But you have to meet those physical needs. And so for me, as I've thought about it, as I've even read in the Bible, the Old Testament particularly, God is about taking care of like a parent would his kids. And that would be in physical dimension. That would be giving him like the instructions, the rules. This is what you want to do. This is what you want to be when you grow up. It's like the perfect. And that's why I probably call him a father, God the Father, or why the word speaks him as a father. Uh, But that's important love. And if you don't get that, then you're probably not only at a disadvantage, but if you don't live in the United States if you don't have the support systems of the church and education and the social systems like Human Health and Resources, Department of Health and Human Resources, um, and many, 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 many others, including, I presume, Avon, you run a great risk of really never learning about God because all your experiences in life are about hurt and pain. Nobody's there. Nobody takes care of the need. Nobody addresses, you might survive, but what is, what's the cost of that survival? And then you, if you add not only to that neglect, elements of abuse, because those situations tend to produce a lot of anger and frustration. And again, depending on your family and where they're at, that could be like multiple layers. But all of a sudden what we've discovered is we've discovered or at least identified where the human condition can be without God, without love. And it starts with taking care of one another materially and physically. If we don't do that, most people will not make that great, I guess, existential sort of leap or mm-hmm. jump to understanding God in a spiritual dimension.
1: Well, and as you were speaking, I couldn't help but think, and I'm glad you brought up that that visual of the leap, because coming from that that... A bare, naked kind of background where there's no support, no help, no love. And then we, as followers of Christ, come in and say, you know, God loves you, and he wants to be there for you. He wants to support you. He wants to help you. How many times have I heard, and this is the difficult conversation, <clears throat> Where, excuse me where was God at when I needed him and that's a valid question because they were hurting they were in need and so there begins the conversation and like i said i've I've had to have that difficult conversation with with more than one person so I feel like it's even more important for as we say Christians, followers of Jesus, to not only just say God loves you, but to literally be that love and to try to meet those needs in the name of Christ.
0: Well, and I appreciate, I do mean to rupture, but I wanted to jump on that if I could, if I said it sure. that way. Because it is, we are ambassadors of Christ, mm-hmm. we are chosen vessels who have been sanctified by the love of God because we have understood it, maybe we have received it. It doesn't mean we're better than everybody else. It just means we were fortunate enough to receive enough of it. We grew up in homes that there was more than enough. There, were, It was, I want to say, liberal. It was generously given. Our families loved us. They took care of us. Now you can argue some more, some less. But those who have... It's not of themselves. It's of God. Right. And God gave love to the world. Now, I don't know at what point God decided to give love to the world. I don't understand the different ages. I'm not... (laughs) I'm a deep figure, but I can't comprehend that. That's too deep for me. All I can do is see it within the reference of past, present, and future. Excuse me. And the Bible helps me do that. It frames my my world, my reality. But whatever occurs before, because I know God is unending. We've already kind of said that on the podcast, eternal. And so is really everything else materially. We're, we're just, we're transient. We're transformable. We're changeable. But the idea, though, is for all that I know, By studying the Word, it all began with Adam and Eve. But somewhere, Adam and Eve were able to come to an awareness, particularly Adam as God created him. This is not a bad place. God loves me. Mm -hmm. He takes care of all my needs. It's the garden. I've got everything I want. God does not withhold. People in their corruption, which didn't take long, right? In the garden, Mm -hmm. in their corruption, start to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. I know that that's what we usually apply to the devil. I don't want to say any of our listeners are of the devil. But if you kill, steal, and destroy, you're of the devil. Yes, there's points and times where I'm sure that those kind of actions, righteous indignation, I'll leave it at that. But that idea, though, is that God did not create us either to be afraid, but in that courage, which is really faith, we have to trust. Even if we don't have, it is absolutely wrong to steal from somebody else. And maybe you could say in our ignorance we didn't know better, but that's the whole point too. God has more than sufficiently provided, even when somebody else has, out of their ignorance, hurt you, harmed you, stole something from you. Or maybe there are those that are of the devil that have just never come to salvation. That's on them though. That is not on God. Right? Right? They have to make a choice. It's a difficult choice. You're right. It's hard to speak to people about that, especially when you've got and they don't got Now, I'm not saying you buy their love or you buy their attention. So we know throw a good buddy at a bad sort of attitude or without the proper reference to God or without the foundation of the Word Uh, as much as, again, this is where it's coming from. If we don't give, again, in the name of Jesus, the testimony, then people are just going to play by, I guess, that sort of rule or rules, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to get what I can from you. Maybe we'll throw a little bit here or there, just keep people quiet. Mm-hmm. you got to genuinely show that you care. That's a hard thing to do. Now, should yes, it be it that all of our listeners should go out and sell everything they have and give it to the poor and follow after Jesus? That is, for me, as much the difficult question as is how to convince somebody who doesn't have or who's been hurt because maybe to some extent all of us in the middle who are kind of in that margin between those extremes of not having or being abused versus those that have been abundantly blessed, maybe in the middle most of us say, well, it's just kind of a give and take, it's reciprocal. And I think to this, some extent God's okay with that, right? I mean, reciprocity is not bad. That's what we call friendship. Right. And in the Old Testament, he kind of, God even presented Himself as a friend. Mm-hmm. But when you get to that place where in the name of Jesus you decide to give it all away that's a hard one. It is. Because it really does say that. And how you handle that probably speaks to your courage or your faith as much as what you're trying to convince somebody else about courage and faith. I I don't like how the wealth is being redistributed in our society. But the bottom line is, though, as much as, again, we have all these things that we're going through right now in our society about redistribution of wealth mm-hmm. uh, and the way people are rioting and the idea that you can protest and you can burn cities down and mm-hmm. you can kill people in the name of in- an injustice like that, uh, we've just got to watch out. Because it's got to be given out of an openness of heart. Right. Or what you're going to create is is an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Because friendship, really, if that's all it's based on, is reciprocity. Right? You do for me. I'll do for you. We'll get along a lot better. Things will be a lot better. You can do that kind of love. And that's a form of love, too. It's not God's love. It's not perfect love. Right. Agape love, which we'll get into here in a moment. But it is that notion, though, that if you live by that standard, if you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. And the sword ain't bad. The Old Testament sword is not bad. But it has to include, then, a dying to self right. for the sake of others. Or it's just going to end up people rioting in the streets, mm-hmm. tearing things down. Chaos. chaos, And, and in the process... They're going to do away with everything that God's given us in terms of word because they're going to think we're all hypocrites. All you Christians are is a bunch of hypocrites because all you're doing is you're just throwing us morsels just to keep us quiet, just take care of it. But when it really comes to that are you willing to sell every, everything you have, give it to the poor, you're really not up to that task. So Carolyn, I'm not sure. I, I don't. I don't want to convict our listeners. I mean, this is dangerous, right? I mean, we're on the radio. (laughs) We're on the podcast. We want people to like us. But these are the sermons. That usually are make everybody uncomfortable. They start, they don't people don't wear suits anymore. But they used to grab their collar at this point mm-hmm. and adjust their tie, and they look at their watch. They try to breathe. Yeah, yes, because oh. we're getting into territory that's very difficult. Because when you start to talk about love, and you talk about that spirit of being a missionary, <laughs> people don't fly to Africa just on on like for fun. I mean, it can be adventuresome, right? Or they could be adventuresome. It can be adventurous. But it's not easy going into the places that people have to go to. And I'm not saying missionaries (laughs) are the only ones that got it, or they've got it as Jesus would have told us to have
1: it. You're absolutely right. And as we were talking earlier, I couldn't help but think. This hits us as much as it hits our, our listeners. We're hearing it too. We're feeling the spirit. We're hearing the, you know the word and the conviction, or at least I do. I can't speak for you. But I feel it. When you were mentioning selling all we have, I thought, "Oh boy, I have to think about that for a minute, <laughs> because it is a <coughs> request that God wants us to surrender all to him. And you say, well, I don't don't plan on going to Africa anytime soon. But what about our things here? And my mind was thinking about all the things that we have here. And are we literally going to sell everything in our house? No, probably not. We would miss sitting down when we come home from work, right? But there's that concept of being willing
0: to give up. I, I agree.
1: And... I think that's where it begins, and then I think that's also a daily process.
0: And I think our point's been made. It's not that it was contrived, because I didn't think of that when I was saying that. But I am not entirely sure that Jesus would have required that of him in that manner. Maybe, sometimes I think he could have been one of the twelve. Mm-hmm. Now think That's about that Think about yes, think about that for a moment. That's interesting. But certainly we're not. Mm-hmm. We're not one of the 12. It, we're not in that time or season in the sense that Jesus was there. He is with us now. And we are part of His disciples or one of His disciples. But my, my point would not be necessarily so much about our calling or our purpose in that way of being a disciple of Christ as much as the need at the time for that person, that rich young ruler, could have been a little different. But I would say this, he never required that of other disciples, which would be otherwise to the extent or degree that, that they would have had to have given everything in that same sort of manner or way. A lot of them uh, continued to have a pretty normal life even with, although the end of that for all of them uh, certainly uh, it came back around to really their calling. And I don't want to take anything from the disciples. They did follow after Jesus in that. Way, But I'm not sure, again, that that was for all. But what I do want to say is this, though. I think that at least you have to, one, be willing, right, to consider doing that. Right. And that's the point. We all felt convicted. Are we really, is our heart in the right place? And then the second thing is we're not talking about everybody going to Africa. We're not talking about anybody getting on a jet plane, Right. There's needs in our immediate community exactly. that needs to be addressed, and exactly. I think that's where you were going. And yes, I, I would be sure it it would be better. <laughs> and see, it comes back to that. I mean, how can you you can't take anything away from what Jesus said? I could try to lessen it and soften it a bit, <laughs> you know, but you can't. Right. And and I don't know that he's going to really require that of me and you in that same manner of way. (laughs) I'm not saying you should foolishly go out and just like throw your money away. But I am saying this. You have to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Because if you don't respect the true cost of love, and that is, oh, in these spiritual sort of ways. And you could talk spiritual things. But it's like going to somebody and saying, you know, I love you. But if you say that you love them, And you don't feed them, do you? Exactly. Do you? And Peter learned that the hard way. Do you love me? Jesus asked three times. Mm -hmm. Feed my sheep, which is just an affirmation. It doesn't come without a cost. Well, it's not like a cost like a bad thing. It's not like punishment. Right. But if somebody doesn't choose to be what God has called us to be in that loving sort of way materially, if we're not at least willing to take care of the needs and the ones that are we're immediately exposed to right in front of us, what are we? I mean, it's nice to go preaching things. It's nice to go saying things. But what are we?
1: I'm glad you said that about the need in front of us and and presenting that because as I was contemplating the rich young ruler you know are we all called to sell everything we have? Probably not but I believe he knew as he does all of us knew his heart what was it that was going to speak to him so maybe possessions was his thing So that's very personalized he's a very personal God he personalizes it to everyone so when I think about what is he asking me it may be a different question but it's the same thing he's asking me to be willing to love in spite of some whatever my perceived block
0: is well fear (laughs) <laughs> that's the go. way the flesh works
1: right. it's fear
0: it's fear that oh, I give it all away but that looks way.
1: different for everybody because some people are afraid to go to those low income apartments and you know what What if there's drug deals going on you know what if I get shot <laughs> I know um, I have one son that is kind of scared of downtown Huntington because he, he, he's afraid something's going to happen to him every time he comes I was, this is not you know, gangland or whatever. <laughs> but there's a fear there that whatever your fear is, so that could look different, but he asked the question to the rich young ruler, which I think we have to ask ourselves and then and then confront what that is.
0: Well and that gets back to that pensive thing, <laughs> thoughtful thing, considerate thing. Because uh, I think these are, these are really, again, soul-searching deep. Yes. I mean, dividing asunder, piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joy and amara. the Holy Spirit's going to flesh that out. Right. But I think bottom line, if I might say it this way, and getting back to that notion of how do you convince somebody that there is a God when all they've known is abuse or abandonment or neglect, what it really comes down to, though, is a person has to understand inside of themselves that we're all afraid. We're all afraid yes. of abandonment. We're all afraid of never having enough. Now some of us are neurotic. Do you know what neurosis is? Freud, Freud, for what he's worth, and, and I'm bivocational. I do the pastoral, but also do the professional. So I kind of call that bivocational. But they kind of merge in some ways. But I do lead always with a Christian, even in a professional context. But I am familiar with psychology and the father of psychology. And I won't mention his name again. But the idea, though, is neuroses is when everything that shows itself as sickness is all to your own creation. And it comes out of fear. You're neurotic. You're afraid. You're scared. Some people overcompensate. They hoard. <laughs> Some people are obsessive compulsive. Some people are miserly, stingy, they can't give it away. Some people are in their fear unable to, like you said, go out in a house, maybe to certain neighborhoods. There's phobias. I mean, just most of the mental illness that fall, falls under that category of neuroses is self-inflicted. It does come from, I think, a universal fear inside of ourselves of death right and dying and that's why the word says that Jesus came so that we might have life and life more abundant to overcome death because God knew in creating us that we had this in our flesh maybe it's part of our iniquity in the flesh survival Mm -hmm. you know it's the survival it's the stuff that feeds or fuels primary drives to eat sleep take I mean all that stuff we're talking about that that at that basic missionary work level Mm -hmm. people need that Mm -hmm. But in the end, most of the stuff that gets us with, when it comes to mental disorders or behavioral health issues are self-inflicted. Now, there are some people who are psychotic, which that was the other category, which because of some biochemical problems, some uh, brain problem on a biochemical level, people are deluded. Mm-hmm. And, and again, you could argue that some of that might be somewhat self-inflicted through neglect or use of drugs. or I mean, there's all kinds of things like that. that not for today's program. Right. But this idea, though, is we're all afraid. Mm-hmm. But that's really why we're also having this conversation, is that you can't let your fear dictate your choices or decisions. Absolutely. Because if you do, <laughs> we're, we're all neurotic. And right. maybe we should just admit that. We're all incredibly selfish. And we're all incredibly afraid of giving up something selfish. Because we're afraid we won't get. But God says, I'll never forsake you or abandon you. Right. Don't worry about these things, Jesus says. God will take care. He feeds the, the, the animals, the birds. Mm-hmm. He, he, he will take care of you. But we get crazy about that stuff, and, and and really, all we maybe need to do is just be a bit generous. I mean, you know, if you if you're called to go to Africa, go to Africa. But there's plenty of opportunities to be generous, just in your backyard, and in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's people starving in Huntington. Right. I mean, that's where we're at, Huntington, West Virginia. There's people starving in the United States. It should not be. But now I don't know that again getting back to rioting and all that stuff is going to accomplish that. But I guess it is gets that idea of then turning the other cheek. I mean when you've abused people or you get to that certain point, that cheek turning is somewhere along the line, you can't, you know, you can't fight fire with fire, as they say. Or if you live by that Mm -hmm. sword, you're gonna again die by this. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely, and that's that's the thing. I've heard it said that if you don't want to be a missionary then you should support a missionary okay well that sounds to me like when you say that it sort of leans toward maybe like financially you know well i'll I'll send money for those people to go to africa bless their hearts i want them to be able to go And that's good. That's great. I loved it when people donated for us to go to Nicaragua. However, I think there's a more practical term that God intended for that statement. And I feel like that we can support through doing those very things, caring about people, showing love, handing out food, for Pete's sake, (laughs) to the people here in front of us. When you said that immediate need in front of us, that really struck me because there are so many needs around us have we gotten desensitized? do we not see it as much anymore? or do we not want to see it?
0: And and I think that that is again <laughs> those are questions I asked myself. It's like when Jesus was preaching to him, the disciples said, You know, you were doing really well till you started talking about the giving it away and dying to <laughs> right? people or giving to people and to the extent of mm-hmm. dying, giving yourself up to that extent. And um, pointing out that they weren't, you know, that they were being hypocritical. They were mm-hmm. talking about all this great stuff, but they really weren't willing to do it. And, they were like us. <laughs> and Peter asked Jesus, he said, or Jesus asked Peter, uh, what's disturbing you? And he told him. And Jesus said, well, then why are you still with me? And Peter says, because you're the one that has the words of life. Hmm. And there's a way that seems right unto us, but it leads only unto death. All right. But really, isn't that also about missionary work, because that's probably where you'd want to end up, is if you're going to tell them about Jesus, if you're going to do this in the name of Jesus, but you're not willing to help, then you're just, I guess, pontificating. You're just exactly throwing words out there. You're just trying to sell people on some idea or notion to make you feel good. And I am sure that one thing the rich young ruler was—he was not a hypocrite. Thank God, he was not a hypocrite. Because I think that's even more dangerous than the rich young ruler mm. walking away. Because mm. he was at least honest enough to admit and was open enough to conviction. And we don't know what happened to him. He may have turned around. And, I mean, who knows who he was? I mean. Could have come back around and redeemed himself in some manner or fashion as a result of that encounter with Jesus. It seemed like it might be the right thing. I don't know that, though.
1: But he didn't give some big response and tried to justify
0: or... or like the Pharisees and Sadducees Or defend did. himself. Yes, which were, or lie. Just come right out and be a liar. Wow. You know, whitewash sepulchers. Yeah so <laughs> today's episode is convicting <laughs> so there's a lot of ways to look at that and you know I could try to offer you a, a little bit of, a, of an easy way out but, but depending on who you are and you were saying that a moment ago and what you're afraid of <laughs> at least be willing to admit that if you really are going to be a disciple of Christ you have to be willing to give it all away. You have to be willing to have that level of faith and dimension. But I don't know where it gets manifested any great, more greatly or greater than certainly in missionary work, but I think as much as we're going to speak to, again, Dale today with Avad Ministries, Dale Preston, uh, I just want to remind our listeners, they're missionaries. They can be evangelists. They can be apostles. I know there's like the church sometimes makes distinction of this is what you are and that's what. You can be all things in Christ who strengthens you depending on the need that's presented to you. But just don't go around preaching. Don't go around saying without a willingness to do. Mm -hmm. Or what little bit of conviction you might have felt in the broadcast thus far. Or at least for the broadcast (laughs) thus far. Lest it come home and roost in some way that you would harden your heart because you don't want to deal with this stuff. You would become somewhat in denial. Somebody would come along and hurt you or you'd remember the person that hurt you and say, well, you know, I don't have to do that because it really isn't that way. And before you know it, you've become very bitter. You've become cynical, pessimistic, Negative, you've hardened your heart. you have fallen in the pit.
1: And that's a dangerous place to be.
0: That's self-inflicted too.
1: Yes, and we may not be aware that we're self-inflicting ourselves. I contradicted myself, didn't I? Self-inflicting ourselves. We may not be aware of that when that's going on. Nor, when you are speaking, we might not be aware of what we're afraid of, what we're willing to let him have, I think it just takes some real introspection to kind of open up those doors. You know, we all have, you know, that to use that um, visual of our house and, <clears throat> excuse me, do we allow Jesus to go in every room and do we have some, you know, this back room's closed off because I- I'm not ready for you to go in there yet. And so... There's a a song called Mansion and it talks about that. And he says there's a basement and that's where I go when I am filled with anxiety and when I don't really want to talk to you, God. And it's so interesting to hear that perspective because we can be that way without realizing it. So I think it's important to sort of look at ourselves. Search me, oh God. (laughs) But we have to be willing to look at it too. Mm -hmm. We have to be... Like the rich young ruler, he was. We don't know what happened after that, but at least we knew where he stood that he turned around and walked away. And it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't a hypocrite.
0: Well, I bet it made him a better ruler. (laughs) I hope it did. It might not have. It could have hardened his heart more. But I hope it turned him into. And if anyone out there in our listening audience that knows or has a theory as to who that was, please send. Let us know. That would be good. Com- community. Yeah, send us your what you know or our, what you think. Your thoughts Your theory. That. Yes. As long as it's not a conspiracy theory, we're okay in today's <laughs> world. We are going to uh, kind of take a break here. But before we do, I want to remind our listeners, not only are they listening to Covenants with Dr. Michael David Clay and Carolyn Barnett, but that Dale Preston is going to uh, be our guest today. And he's going to continue this discussion and I'm confident he's going to help us to understand even more what might be available to you not only through Avad Ministries on a local level, maybe national level, international level, but I think he is probably, I'm confident in the Holy Spirit, that he is going to be able to give you a testimony of how God has called him as he's been thoughtful, as he's been open to hear as he's had open ears and open eyes he's been able to see the need and he knows god has called him and pressed him into service <laughs> and maybe maybe he can come up with a better answer carolyn as to how to <laughs> deal with this thing called conviction uh, good luck with that <laughs> we'll be back in just a moment all right we're back as if you guys missed us. We have Dale Preston with us, who is with Avod Ministries. And uh, Dale, w- w- we we tried to get you to sit in the green room. <laughs> we weren't able to... We, you're t- Carolyn sat. She said, he will never be able to sit there. He's always got to be on the move. He's always doing something. And uh, then all of a sudden, it kind of struck us, Right? Uh, Well, that's probably why he's into Avad Ministries. And uh, we chatted a bit before you uh, actually the segment, before you've uh, come into the studio to do the segment, uh, about just missionary work in general. Mm -hmm. And uh, though I don't know much about uh, Avad, and we'll certainly give you a chance to tell me as well as our listeners. Uh, but I do know a bit about missionary work, and I know that there's always a degree of uh, energy, vision, uh, and you maybe won't say it this way, but I will. A bit of sacrifice that goes along with being a missionary. So, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you and Avad Ministries? Well, um,
2: again, my name's Del Preston. I've lived in this area my entire life. Um, A couple years ago, I went on a a mission trip down to Nicaragua, and it it really struck into my heart. For for most of my life, I've had this this calling that I'm going to go into ministry, and I never really was sure what it was going to be. So I go down there and I have a great time, and, and. Automatically, as most people probably who go on mission trips think, oh, I'm called to go to the mission field in third world country and and, and live there. And that's that's what I wanted to do. Um, I have seven kids and I can't just uproot my family and move them to third world country without some kind of backlash from the family, from repercussions. grandparents, yeah, repercussions. Um, so I've just kind of been... Working in the church, uh, teaching Sunday schools, you know, uh, Christian soccer leagues, just things around. Uh, uh, the past few months I was teaching on Wednesday nights and was doing uh, kind of a, a deep study in the Old Testament. And every week I would end up back in Genesis 1. And Genesis 1 is probably the, one of the richest chapters in the entire scripture that, that people just kind of read over and say, yeah, that's what it's about. Um, but I like to dig into certain words and things that just grab my attention. Um, and one of the things that, that was commanded of, of Adam was to work the land. And when you start studying ancient Hebrew and you start thinking in the terms of how did the ancient Hebrews think of a word or what did it mean to them, it starts to take on different aspects. And when we, when I look up the word work, the Hebrew word for work is avad. And avad to an ancient Hebrew would have meant to work, to worship, mm-hmm. and to serve. Yes. So you're getting this entire picture of what really the meaning of life is. And it's to worship God through service to others um, and, and that's just kind of the idea that we've ran with with Avod Ministries You know, like I said for years I thought I was going to be called to go overseas but when you start looking around our community there's plenty of places to worship God by serving others um, so that was kind of the idea we ran with we started going to um, uh, just underprivileged areas mm-hmm. um, where kids don't have much um, because uh, the Book of James tells us, true religion is to look after the widows and the orphans, and a lot of children, uh, unfortunately, in our area, are basically orphans. And they're being raised by grandparents who really don't want to be a part of that anymore. They've done their time. They're tired, and the kids get kind of pushed to the side. Uh, they don't get the homework help they need. They don't get the financial support they need. They don't get just the the moral support they need. The the teaching the. the they don't get any of that. So the idea was we're just going to go into these areas and we're just going to love on these kids. And hopefully through that, we're going to draw families out. And whether that's, you know, give them a hot dog or helping them with a math problem. You know, just anything to show that we care, that we're going to be there for them, that we, we want to serve them through our work. Um,
0: basically, we, we want to avod. We want to worship. So, uh, if you allow me to be a bit of, I hate to even say devil's advocate, but, but maybe just more of an annoyance, but, but Dale, most people are a bit cynical in the world today, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm going to say this in a bit of a smart-like way, but I think it'll make the point. So, what's in it for you? What's your end game? Well,
2: it's not about me. <laughs> go ahead. It's not about anything that I want. Yes. It's it's um it's me trying to line up with the spirit to be what God intended us to be. Um. And it, it, like I said, it has nothing to do with me. It's all about glorifying the Father. At first, when I was asked to do this, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want my name thrown out there. I don't want Del Preston to be of Odd Ministries. The idea was to go into many different churches kind of give this idea and to bring people out of the churches for years we've sat in churches and we, we, we love the messages, we love praise and worship and we, we pat ourselves on the back and say we went to church on Sunday and, and it was a good message and we pat the pastor on the back and say thanks for the good word and then we walk out unchanged and the idea of this is when you start to serve others through faith in, in Christ it changes you so it's not just a, we're going to sit and listen to a lesson and hope that something sinks in. Mm-hmm. It's we're going to go out and do. We're going to actually be the hands and feet. Jesus, one of his, the very first thing he is recorded to say is repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. And when we hear this word repent, we automatically begin to think, change our ways, don't be sinful, listen to the the gospel which is Jesus was born, died, and resurrected. And unfortunately this this is wrong. It's false. That's not what that meant. The word repent simply means change your mind. When he said the kingdom of God is at hand, what he was saying is, hey look it's here. You can have the peace. You can have the love and the joy. You can have all those promises right now if you're just willing to line yourself up with the Spirit. And that's really the idea. My end game for me
0: is to glorify the Father. And and again, as much... (laughs) We would be disappointed if you didn't. As much as you mentioned Jesus, the end game is Jesus. But it's not the proselytize, it it certainly doesn't sound as if it's to be a particular church member or denominational member. It's certainly not to be anyone that just goes to church or their entire identity is wrapped up in the Sunday morning service or belonging to a church or a denomination. It is really as with Jesus putting yourself in that position of worship. Yes. And true worship is that. Is, the is to, to work mm-hmm. you know I was thinking about that too James faith without works uh, without work not works but work is dead and, and the idea though is and I don't know that I came to the, <laughs> I confessed to Carolyn before this segment that I'm a pensive person so I think about a lot of stuff but I don't know that I ever really understood the references you gave to work and worship but I knew all along that working was not evil It was who I worked for and unto what end or what my end game was. And it sounds like then for you and Avod Ministries, it is that great privilege and pleasure joy to be able to minister to others. And maybe that is what Adam discovered with Eve was that, hey, we need to help one another. Look, there's all kinds of stuff that's going to kill us, <laughs> but we need to do everything we can to enjoy or to comfort along the way, to be there for one another along the way. And it does not have to be work is evil, it can be that work is actually the greatest expression of love, at least in a material dimension, because it's true worship.
2: Yes. Yeah, Um, and and when you look in Isaiah you'll find a a scripture that talks about how lovely the feet that brings the gospel Um, and as he's running off the mountain towards the city of Jerusalem he is actually saying there is a king in Israel there is a king in Jerusalem and again I'm, I'm big into my word studies and when you look at the word Jerusalem it really just means city of peace So in the city of peace, there is a king, and we want to spend our life waiting to go to heaven, to experience this kingdom. And what scripture really tells us is the kingdom is here, the kingdom is now, and Christ is our king, and that's who we're to be working to. You know, and we, sure, we go out here and we have our regular jobs and we pay our taxes. We render under Caesar what is Caesar's. But what do we really do with our life? Who are we really serving? Who are we really letting rule in our in our society? And the idea with Avod is that we're we're going out and we're trying to promote the kingdom. We're trying to promote this idea of Christ is our King, and through service to others. We are worshiping Him, who is,
0: as you said, the end game. (laughs) Yes, I appreciate you allowing me to say it that way. Uh, And you handle that really, really well. Because I want our listeners to know the beauty, I think, of the program is none of this is a setup. None of it's scripted. All of it is just genuine and spontaneous, and I believe Holy Spirit-led. But I trusted you enough, and you were, as with credibility, well enough in the spirit, established, uh, convicted, convinced of what you believe, your faith was there, to be able to do a beautiful job of explaining what that really is. Because there's going to be folks out there who's going to say, because of the world we live in. Well, you're just after something. No. Well, yes. Well yes, I'm not, not
2: after I am after the lost. I am after yes. the hurting. I am yes. after the broken. Yes. Those are the people I want to be around. Jesus says, you know, the 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 weak and the broken in spirit are mm-hmm. what's going to inherit the kingdom. Yes. I want to be in the kingdom. Those are the people's feet I want to wash. Mm-hmm. Those are the people I want to be around. Jesus didn't hang around the the preachers of the churches. He didn't hang around the big politicians. He didn't hang around the, the mainstream society. He hung around the broken, the hurting. Those were the people he called. And so those are the people that I want to go to. If we're going to say we're Christians, which is to be Christ-like, we should be doing what he did, which is going to those broken, the hurting, the, the meek, the, the people who need to see that love. They need to understand that joy and peace He says he left it with us. He didn't say you have to earn it. We already have it. Mm -hmm. We've just
0: got to realize it and and experience in ourselves. Well, Carolyn, I got Carolyn. Carolyn didn't have anything to do with this. I got Carolyn into a bit of a jam in in the intro, Mm -hmm. uh, the initial segment of today's program, just talking about the rich young ruler and the idea of conviction. And we did a pretty good job of convicting, did we not? Or at least allowing the Holy Spirit to bring that dimension out. But, But I don't know that we necessarily came to the conclusion that we did have to sell everything we have and give it to the poor. But I do think that the motive would be otherwise to serve God and to do that in the best way that He's equipped us to. And uh, maybe we're all called to be disciples like the 12 were. Uh, I even tried to soft sell that a bit and say, well, we probably all aren't all. But, you know, it's, it's a personal conviction. But I do think probably, and I'll go back to the sacrifice, Dale. I know that that you do this again joyfully as under the Lord, and with that there is no real true loss for you because you can't outgive God. Right? Right. is what I've always heard and believe and read reading Scripture. But I am sure that that to step out in faith and to do that in that manner. There's always a bit of temptation from the devil or a bit of sort of, well, you know, what if you do this and you give it all away? I mean, and nobody will be there for you. And maybe it's not you so much. Hmm. But I'm thinking about our listeners because at some point here, and maybe we're moving there very quickly. Uh, I would want to convict him, not in a con- con- condemning sort of way, but in a, okay, we'll take that then, and what do you do with it? I want you to step out, our listeners, and help.
2: And that is the challenge, and um, um, the idea is we're, we're actually going to be going into several different churches. Uh, this is not really a, a denominational church ministry. When, when we set it all up, it was an idea of, it was the church the church body itself that we're going into the buildings and we're pulling the church out to do the work that the church was called to do Um, and that's the beauty of it is a lot of people don't have fifteen hundred two thousand dollars to go on these mission trips to a third world country and really get to experience poverty and hurt when you look around our area there's plenty of that here we don't have to go and you, you don't have to block out a week, block out a bunch of money to, to go somewhere. And originally that was kind of an idea that we had was well why don't we go into churches and promote missions, build missions, and then we take people on these mission trips. And then it got to the the, the idea of, you know, well for fifteen ninety nine you can have an experience with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and it just didn't it, it sat wrong with me. Yeah. And so with Avod you we set up Times and days and we go to these places and if you're able to come, you're able to come. If you have a couple extra hours and want to give a hot dog out, give a hot dog out. And that's another thing is a lot of people say, well, I'm not qualified to do these things. I'm not qualified to talk about God. And sometimes you don't have to. Sometimes you have to be there. there there's, there's somebody who's listening right now who feels like they're not very spiritual. They don't know the Bible very well, but they may be able to help with a math problem. They may be able to cook a hot dog. They might be able to give a haircut. There's so many ways that we can serve that just show people this is who Christians are supposed to be. This is what we're called to do. Um, so in that in that idea, we just we we started saying, you know, you don't have to you don't have to block out that time. You don't have to block out that money. You, you got a you couple extra hours on a on a weeknight? Look us up, see what we're doing. And go. And if you show up and say, "Hey, I'm I'm here, and I just want to help," we're going to put you to work. Whether it's handing out a hot dog, whether it's giving a haircut, whether it's helping with a math problem. Well, at last event, we had uh, we had a, a principal from a, a local school come down, and he just did a story time with kids. Mm-hmm. Just something to hang out with them and let them know, "Hey, you're not alone here. You're you're not just being pushed to the side and and, and shuffled around from." government program to
0: government program <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and not really getting anything. Part of my health and human resources, Carol. Exactly. Yeah, right. Well, and I think that again, if I might punctuate it, 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 it's just exampling Christ. And what better testimony you can tell people about Jesus, you can point the scripture Uh, where it tells of Jesus. But if you don't example it, then you're just either trying to sell them on some notion... Uh, and without that literal example, they're going to question whether or not you really believe that. Mm. And, and Carolyn and I were mentioning Pharisees and Sadducees. I mean, that was the problem. They, they right. knew all the right words, but they didn't. They had the wrong actions. Yeah, they did nothing to help the people. Carolyn, I, don't, I want to give you a chance to uh, speak to Dale or ask Dale a question if you want to.
1: Well, I was thinking as you were talking about <clears throat> how, how the the uh, moving parts of how uh, a person could be involved. And you mentioned that we don't have to be Bible scholars or uh, teachers to be a part of loving people. Mm -hmm. So we were talking about that one day and you mentioned about, yes, but that person stood there and, and... cook the hot dogs and that's you know that was their job mm-hmm. and so I feel like that there is a great um I don't call it setback but uh hindrance people feel like they're not qualified um or maybe even there as a not called mm. you know um well that's 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 good that they do that I'm glad that they go do that um, and I'll in you know I'll support them but how do you um, how do you explain to someone that this is that there is a place for everyone there that it's not just for um, the super Christians or the people that has been say since they were five but say the new believer You know, how do you um, let them know that yes, there is a place
2: for you? I have always said I would rather train someone who has no knowledge of what I'm trying to train them in. Because if you try to train somebody who already has knowledge, they're less likely to listen. I prefer a new believer, I want someone who doesn't have all the Bad programming, if I if I mm. if I can say so much, um, as far as you know what the the churches have taught. Now I'm not trying to say that the churches have taught bad things. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying that we have failed our communities. Yes, I agree. Yes. Um, we again we like to sit there. We like to pat the pastor on the back and say good sermon. We like to go in and do praise and worship. And I really don't like to call it praise and worship. I just like to call it praise because worship is an action. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just lip service, which is what praise is. Um, it's the the really, I guess, the, to really kind of put the end game into more of a perspective. If we're to say, well, you know, Jesus, the end game—that's the easy answer. If we want to make the answer a little bit more complicated, the answer is. I want to go into these areas, I want these people to understand the love of Christ because we're showing it to them, and then them turn around and join us. Yes.
0: Right.
2: And basically, what again, what we're doing is we're, we're promoting the mm-hmm. kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I go into church, that's kind of how I explain it to a lot of the churches when I go in is, look, this is just going to help you. Because when I go into these areas, I'm not going in saying you need to go to this church or this church or this church. I'm going in and saying, you know, God loves you. We love you. We want to help you. We want to be there for you. We want to show you the joy, the peace, the kindness, the gentleness, uh, the faithfulness. Fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Against such things, there is no law, and and I love that because there's not not only is there not law in it in Scripture, there's no law against those things in the humanistic secular world. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> you would hope. Nobody is going to come and put you in jail for showing love, you don't peace, know patience, these kindness. <gasps> I, I, I've yet to see it in the world. Maybe I'm wrong. I've yet to see it. Yes. Um, but when when we do that with people. They start looking look at their lives and say, well, you know, maybe I should go to church. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's some, some learning I can get there. And so we're actually trying to pull yeah. the non church people instead of all the churches fighting over the mm-hmm. 20, whatever it is, percent of people who go to church. <laughs> we're actually pulling more people Evangelism. Out. Yeah, we're, we're pulling them in, getting them in church, letting them get some learning, and then come back out with us.
0: Well, in our business if I could call it that, or at least our ministry, would be pastoral care, which we've already kind of discussed a bit too about uh, mental health, behavioral health sort of issues that that come out of (laughs) really bad doctrine. Uh, But this idea, though, that somebody who's innocent, somebody who's first received, right, initially, after having received, not only materially, but understood that the the presentation of love was not in a hypocritical sort of fashion or manner, that you were genuinely wanting to partner with them and have them partner with you, if I might say that. I I think that notion, though, is that it does lead to the fruit of the Spirit. and, And that is, God is love. But if you're not giving, if you're not participating if you're feeling disconnected, disenfranchised, if you're feeling like there's no joy in life, if you're not bearing, again, that fruit, mm. that the hallmark right. of love in your life, it's on you. Because really, that is the choice that God gives us. Not only to receive the word, but in that, to give out of that the love that is God. And that's really what the promise is. You're, you're going to get from the kingdom what you put into the kingdom. And when people do that, they live a much happier life. They're much more joyful. Mental health, behavioral health, all those issues kind of begin to subside because the love of God in Christ Jesus fulfills and completes their calling, their purpose, what they were created for. Right. And in that, you still may have incidental things that come up, but at the same time, we're talking about not only a kingdom of God as with manifested to other people, but God returns unto them a sense of accomplishment and satisfaction, contentment, fulfillment.
2: Jesus said, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. Now, how did he do that? We, well, we think, you know, well, his death, burial, and resurrection. We automatically go to that. And I think that we have missed so much of what he did in life and that his leading and his example is really what gives us our life and life more abundantly. Knowing where my future is doesn't provide anything now. I mean, it just really doesn't. I mean, if we think about it, yeah, someday I'm going to die and I'm going to go to heaven and that's great, but what about now? Yes. Where, where is my joy and my peace and my abundant living here? And that abundant living comes from service to others when we begin to see the needs of others and we begin to meet those needs something happens to us as well I, I, again I'm, I'm gonna go back to this, this trip to Nicaragua I took several years ago and I, I, on my preparation to get down there I'm praying I'm like Lord let me be the hands and feet let me serve let me let me show the love and let me pour into to, to people and when I got there, what I realized is through my service, I was the one being poured into yes, that's I it. was the one who was getting that's the benefit. So, you yeah. know, if, if we're to be cynical... <laughs> Yes, I love that feeling. Yes. I love knowing that I'm doing the work of the Father. Yes. That that his joy is filling me from yes. this. And and I and I, me personally, I don't know what your all stances, but I think that's a lot of the problem with mental health. Oh, Cuz sure. we're so self-serving in our society that
0: we we don't recognize the needs of Get others. Get out of your own head. Yeah. <laughs> God and right. understand what he's called you to because if you align up with what he's called you to then why would you expect anything but the best right because he loves you and if you give that love you never again cannot give God so hopefully not only we have convicted them Dale in that way Carolyn and I did before you got on uh, about well you need to think about this thing but you've given them a wonderful means a direction. And certainly yours would not be the only ministry but yours is the ministry that we're highlighting today of giving mm-hmm. and being part of not only the community but God because you're doing the work of the Father and the love that is God then becomes something more even inside of you as you give it away to others. So if we're winding down, so if you could tell our listeners how they might get a hold of you If they would want to or if they're interested in either learning a little bit more about Avod Ministries and ministry opportunities. If they feel, based on what we've done today on the podcast, the program broadcast, if they feel convicted, if they they believe the Holy Spirit is convicting them to do more, they could reach out to you and they could say, what do you need? where can I help? Where can you plug me in? How would they get a hold of you?
2: Well, there's, there's going to be a couple ways. First is there's an Avod Ministries Facebook page, of course. Of course. Um, so you can get on Avod Ministries on Facebook and you can take a look at, again, this whole thing has just started up the past few months so we're still trying to get some traction, get our feet under us. Um, if you wanted to email me, I am dpreston4209 at gmail.com. You can email me. I, I check that pretty regularly. Um, and and again, there's there's so many different ways to serve that it's just it's it's almost too easy. You can you can come and actually do something. If you don't want to come and actually do something, we take money <laughs> and we just turn it around and just give it to the people who need it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, if you if you want to get a hold of us, um,
1: would you spell Avod Ministries? A
2: V A D. Alpha Victor Alpha Delta Ministries, um, and like I said, you can find it on Facebook. And if you drop us a message, uh, we that gets checked pretty regularly, and I'm, I'm sure you know we can we can answer
0: any question you have. So again. Mr. Dale Preston with Avod Ministries. Uh, I want to encourage our listeners. <laughs> I laugh when I think about it. We vet all of our guests. And you know, the, the, the primary way of vetting that though is we just know that, that they're Christian. And, and how do we know that? We don't judge people. <laughs> we listen to people. We listen to their testimony. We listen to the sincerity, the genuineness of their heart. We listen not only with our ears, but with our hearts, and we know where we can certainly bear witness to the presence of the Holy Spirit. So, we vetted you, and if our listeners would like to get a hold of you, I hope that they take advantage of uh, certainly the Facebook. They can check you out, find out what's going on, but also the email. We're going to take a break. Uh, again, want to thank Dale Preston. Carolyn, did you want to give a personal thank you before we take a break?
1: Yes, absolutely. I appreciate Dale and his willingness to be on our program and for his drive to serve, which is sometimes, and we, I'm going to tell on you a little bit, sometimes it goes against our grain, just Mm -hmm. our flesh. We've had conversations about that because Dale and I sort of, you know, have...
0: uh, Iron sharpens iron.
1: Exactly. And so when we're being really honest and really real, um, sometimes it's not always easy to do these things he's talking about. Mm -hmm. But um, that's where he feels called and led. And so I'm just grateful to you um, and your service and for what you're doing in our communities to love on the loss and the people.
0: Thank you. All right. We're going to take another break and then uh, we will be back. You're listening to Covenants with Dr. Michael David Clay and Carolyn Barnett. All right, we are back. And Carolyn, finally, <laughs> I met somebody who thinks more than I do and, and would do the word studies and be able to like really put all those kind of concepts together in the way that our guest has, Dale Preston. So what do you make of all that? Wow.
1: Well... <laughs> We mentioned uh, being convicted earlier, but I am encouraged. But I'm I feel a sense of like excitement because one, there's a place for everybody in Avod, and, and in this notion, this idea of serving through worship, and I think it's almost a comfort feeling and I think it helps dissipate our fears when we're not afraid that we can't do something correctly or that we can't do some great work And but we can and I think that's what he was showing so I I feel really encouraged and inspired and I feel like our listeners can feel the same way and feel like they can be a part of something where they fit in
0: so <laughs> <laughs> not to just, I'm not
1: sure if that's what you're looking
0: for. No, right, no, but. no. You'd you just be sincere and genuine. So I hope that our, our listeners are not going to be disappointed uh, at all by about what I'm about to say or you. Uh, I don't think I'm going to disappoint you is what I'm going <laughs> to say. What I think is that if you want to be happy in life, if you want to be joyful in life, then we need to realize there shouldn't be, really isn't, anything in life that we can't overcome. And with that, it's through the power of the Word, through the presence of the Holy Spirit, the living Word within us, through God's encouragement. And you may say, well, you know... What God's end game? What's God's end game? His end game is to get me out there and just to keep doing this or to be exposed to more or to give it all away. Well, yes, exploit us. Yes, but it's right. It's not exploitation. What it is is that God has created you to worship and serve Him. And work is only work if you hate it. (laughs) It's all worship if you enjoy it. And there's nothing, again, that you could do that you could give that God would not replenish and and that is really the word he will fill you back up with everything that you would give away but there is in the flesh a material dimension the psychology of it the carnal, carnal spirit the carnality of it there's going to be grieving and with that you've got to go through those stages To get to that point, but that really is what mourning is. It's what grieving is. We are otherwise given unto the cause of God, which is more life to facilitate that, Uh, even ourselves. Our life, every day that you live, is one day (laughs) closer to death. (laughs) say, But you don't see that cynically. It's a day of service because in the end, death really is kind of a lie. You know, there is no such thing as death if you really begin to understand that. But to help somebody who is in the initial stages of grief, who've just gone through the trauma of it, who's still in the emotions who may be even trying to be thoughtful, as we've tried to promote that today on the broadcast, the podcast, of, of what this all means, the significance of either the call on our life to continue to be a participant with God and ministering and to, to do that missionary work, which otherwise Dale has shown us is more evangelism, as much evangelism as any other facet of ministry is. To promote Jesus, to join in with Jesus, to allow the Holy Spirit and the uh, love of God, the fruit of the Spirit, to be manifested in us. That is a difficult thing as much somebody would think about that and be reminded of the hurt and the trauma and the pain. But that's where we come in. We help those individuals by being there with them as they go through that. And maybe it is, as Dale's pointed out, I think it is. Perfect love is not only material love, but it includes spiritual love, but it's complete. It's total. It's not, as the Greeks would have called it, eros, erotic, as in meeting physical need. It's more, it's not only filial or friendship, filial sort of love. It's agape love. But to get there, there is a transformation. There is a conversion that needs to take place. And we need to realize we are really ministries of ministers of that. We have to facilitate that. And when somebody comes to see me or you at Covenant, Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry, that's what we're doing. We're guiding. We're helping to lead. We're comforting. We might be a bit social work oriented in the sense, traditionally, of trying to connect them with community resources that will help them meet their physical... We might even at some point or times help or assist if it's appropriate and it's ethical and it's the right thing to do. But the idea though is is that, that they need assistance lest they become embittered or lest they not grieve lest they not understand to go through it, all of us, to overcome it, is only in Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But we can help them to know what the stages of that looks like in a material dimension, so that they might find the joy unspeakable. They might find that with the fruit of the Spirit, the peace, the joy, the long-suffering, all those things, the characteristics of the divine nature that Dale did such a wonderful job. And you know something, Carolyn? He seemed happy. He seemed like he was a happy bloke, as they say, or a positive guy. Mm -hmm. He didn't seem cynical. He didn't seem burnt out. He was even a little bit uh, uh, disagreeing with me over this notion that they would even punish you for being a nice guy in this world. He,
1: excuse me, surprised me a little bit when he was sharing about his transformation because I don't feel like he would care if I mentioned this but when you have that experience and it changes you and you you have this dramatic shift in your life such as going on a missions trip which I did have that experience and um, the first time I went on mission trip, I was 17 and it did radically change my life and he has discovered that and then to take that because there was a time when he was talking about literally moving his family down to Nicaragua. <laughs> and I thought, we're going to uh, gonna end up there too. My husband's going <laughs> to live in Nicaragua. But I had a call to missions as a younger um, person. I was about 12 years old, I guess. Um, and I knew that that was my call to ministry. And I too had to have this revelation, this change, that we don't have to get on a plane and go to Africa, as we said earlier, we don't have to go to Nicaragua. And I think that he has found that resting place, that joy and peace in where he's supposed to be, because he had that dramatic change and and wanted to serve and, and had this calling to ministry, but it wasn't settled. And I, I feel like the same thing happened in my life. And then, and then he realized, oh, it's here. I need to work here. I think that's where he, the happiness, the joy comes in. Because when you're following where he wants you to go, following his lead, then we'll naturally have his, his peace and joy in that.
0: Well, I have a better answer then than I had at the beginning segment of our, our podcast program today, broadcast today, about the rich young ruler and the feet and the hands. Jesus is the head. And to the extent of degree that we're all part of the body, we're not all called to the same thing. And uh, though I would want to be Peter, though I'd want to be Paul, though I'd want to be any of the disciples in that way because I admire them so much. And, and sometimes I can. Sometimes it can be that. But... Maybe my calling isn't to be that. Maybe it is right. to be the hands. Maybe it right. is to be the feet. Maybe it's to do what we're doing right now, Carolyn. Uh, exactly. I, I kind of feel bad for you that you're stuck with us. <laughs> I have confidence. I kind of feel bad for you that you can't be at Nicaragua all the time or on some mission field. Uh, I kind of feel bad for you that you're not going to be beheaded. <laughs> for professing Jesus. Uh, who knows, though, the way the world comes. But if the, the call the world's going, uh, but if the call should be on your life, I know in the moment that you're in, the one thing I am confident in is that God has got not only your attention as far as your head to the need, but He's instilled in you His heart. And I know whatever the calling is, you will be willing to go. It may take a bit of prayer, Probably takes some fasting, probably takes some thoughtfulness, but I am sure, just as with Dale and our listeners, I want our listeners to know this, that it's not just for someone else. Yes. It's for you. But it could be something a little bit less than dying for the gospel in that manner. But we all die for the gospel if we commit our lives to Christ. And we do that in that way God has called us to true worship and true service. To love one another. (laughs) Turn the other cheek. Be your brother's keeper.
1: And it doesn't have to be even of odd ministries. I I mean, that's just a a name of a place to make a contact point. But we all, and I want our listeners to understand that, we all fit in, like you mentioned. And that was a great point. We're not all going to be Peter. We're not all going to be Paul, as much as we want to be. Unfortunately, sometimes I feel like I identify more with David, you know, kind (laughs) of aspiring to be great and then falling on my face. Um, And I... I just can't express enough how much that that means to me coming from a very unqualified point of view. And I had this, well I'm learning that, I had this great revelation. (laughs) Uh, One, I don't have to have a degree in ministry to do ministry. So that's how I changed my degree out of ministry, but also that he can qualify me, so I don't have to sit and say, "Well, I don't know how to do this," or I, you know, I don't, I'm not called to do that, or I, I'm, I'm not a great speaker. Uh, <laughs> Moses <laughs> had that problem, so he qualifies us. He is the one that. And if that's your job, if that's your job is to pass out the hot dogs, which we were making reference to my husband, who is not a talker. (laughs) He can never do this program. He is not a talker. And he is behind the scenes working furiously and doing all these things. But he is not an out front type person. So he was there. Passing, cooking the hot dogs, putting sauce on it, and passing them out. That was his job. And we talked about that because it took different people doing different things. We had somebody giving out free haircuts. We had, I'm not qualified to do that, but she is. She's a certified beautician and she gave out haircuts for kids so they can have a haircut for back to school. But the thing uh, that I wanted to mention is there's a place for everyone, and you may not feel like you can do anything. But you can, because God is the one that's qualifying you and and your niche. I didn't know I was going to end up at Covenants. I had no idea. No idea. And I, I, gosh, a long time ago, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. And I loved literature so much, I wanted to teach literature. And I quickly realized that's not where God was leading me. And the doors, what was in front of me opening up... I followed, but that's not where I thought I was going. So if our listeners feel like, I'm not really sure where I'm headed, just listen and follow.
0: Well, it's send me, Lord. And, yeah. and, and, and I, know that, I know that that means, again, a lot of things. But the most basic, simplest thing it means is a willingness to follow the Holy Spirit, the leading Holy Spirit. Absolutely. But you would have to know the Holy Spirit You would have to know the voice of God in order to follow. But God will always lead, He will always direct, and He will always press you into service as would be appropriate to what his his needs are. Unless you feel like you don't even qualify, remember this, God took some of the people that were the least qualified, at least in man's eyes, person's eyes, human eyes, and elevated them to positions, and much like Dale was saying, probably because of their combo of innocence and ignorance. But I tell you what, I don't want to be Carolyn. And I hope our listeners will uh, take the opportunity to check your heart on this. Step out in faith, listen to the Holy Spirit. But I'll tell you what I don't want to be, Carolyn, is neurotic. But I can't help but worry about what our next guest is going to be since, you know, I don't know that. I've entrusted that to you. Uh, do you want to give a bit of a tease? We've got probably about three minutes. Okay. And we've got to announce how to get a hold of us, too.
1: Oh yes, we don't want to forget that. We always want to make sure our listeners can get in touch with us. But our next guest is a, hmm, how we describe them? A resource in our community. And a long time ago, I actually went and toured this facility And we were very much interested in them, just me and my husband personally, of the work that they did. And that's been several years ago, and they've kind of changed, and they've actually transformed a little bit, became a little bit bigger and offer more resources, changed directors. And so when we talked about some people, I thought about them, and I think you had mentioned them. And so I've been in contact with them.
0: Go ahead, you can tell us. I can't wait <laughs> <laughs> okay. and then tell our listeners okay. how to get a hold of us.
1: Uh, yes, but we are going to have a new beginning pregnancy resource center, I have to say all that, on. And I'm really excited about the work that they do there and just how they're helping change lives for the better. It's an awesome place.
0: So our listeners... Mark that down, because you're going to want to then catch next week's program. Absolutely. So how do they get a hold of us, Carolyn?
1: Okay, well, they can get a hold of us lots of different ways. but
0: you got a minute.
1: Mainly our Facebook page. You can find us on Covenants on Facebook. They can email us, covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. You can go to our website, covenantschristiancounseling.com or covenantsonline.com. Or you can just give us a call, 304-528-9220.
0: So, another program. It's a wrap, as they say. But I do want to thank our listeners for joining us on Covenants with Dr. Michael David Clay and Carolyn Barnett and we sincerely truly are blessed to be able to uh, share the word of God with you and, and uh, these many ministries in our community and uh, would again appreciate even you becoming part of our program uh, if you would send us uh, your thoughts, your comments uh, topics of interest uh, things that you'd want us to talk about, uh, resources you'd want us to explore and present to you, we'd love to do it. Again, thank you for joining us today and hope you have a blessed week.